This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Zach Zaidman. You know, back in the day, I used to live the life. Not a Bieber life, but no. I, I used to live the life. This is Zach Zaidman. Are you serious? That's an interesting question, Dave. Fly the W! Well, 432 for the Chicago Wolves update. 431. Approaching 432 for the Just saw Zach fire an empty coffee cup. It's Zach Zaidman on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Oh, it's Zach Zaidman. I'm sorry. Uh, Chicago's Sports Station. This is no ordinary football Sunday. It's a Bears-Packers Sunday. Primetime in Green Bay. Justin Fields making his Lambeau Field debut in his return to the Bears lineup from those injured ribs. But that is just scratching the surface when it comes to the Bears conversation on this day. And there will be Bears conversation all throughout the day here on The Score, including the big pregame show, which gets underway at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Hi, everyone. A pleasant good morning to you. Zach Zaidman here until the games start at noon, broadcasting live from the Hyundai studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Ahead on the show A lot of football and one good budding Chicago basketball story. There's a report out this morning detailing who and what the Bears' future football hierarchy will look like. I'm going to share that report and give you my take in just a few moments. Here's what's on tap today. At 9.20, we'll be joined by the best Bears beat reporter in town, Brad Biggs of the Chicago Tribune. At 9.40, the score's David Haw will join us to give his take on the big Bears report this morning. At 10 o'clock, one of the hottest names in college basketball will join us. The man who has led the DePaul Blue Demons to 8-1 and one after their victory in Louisville the other night. Head coach Tony Stubblefield will be a guest on the program as John Rothstein of CBS Sports tweeted, Stubblefield isn't just making DePaul a relevant biggie story. He's making the Blue Demons a news story nationally. So the man known as Coach Stubbs will join us at 10 o'clock. Then at 10.40, Bears beat reporter Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic will jump on to break down Bears, Packers, and more. At 11 o'clock, we'll go national with Stacey Dales of NFL Network. Then at 11.20, Tom Thayer will join us to talk everything Bears. And boy, is there a lot to talk about today. You're a big part of the show as well. 312-644-6767. We'll take your calls throughout. The score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. First, though, the big story of the day leading into Bears-Packers tonight. It comes from CBS Sports NFL insider Jason LaConfora. Trace Armstrong discussed top management position with Bears, Ohio State's Ryan Day, part of possible package. Now, Armstrong is a former Bears defensive lineman from the early 90s. Today, he's a prominent agent of coaches at both the NFL and college levels. The report states, Armstrong spoke to team officials last month, sources said, as many former players returned to Chicago to honor former longtime strength coach Clyde Emmerich. To be fair, Lacanfora has a history of reports regarding the Bears that have not come true, including this one back in 2016 when he reported, quote, there is a possibility the Bears restructure their front office in a scenario where Bill Polian would be a senior advisor who oversees coaching and football operations in 2017 
and makes determinations about how he believes the organization should move forward. That never happened, obviously. So I understand if you view today's Lock on Fora report with skepticism. I wouldn't. I can confirm that Armstrong did indeed meet with Bears officials the morning of Emmerich's wake. So what does this mean? In all likelihood, it would mean a complete restructuring of the football operations at Hallis Hall. A new GM, a new head coach, even though Matt Nagy is currently a client of Armstrong's. Day is the current coach at Ohio State, where Justin Fields was a star quarterback under him. Day also has NFL experience as a former assistant with the 49ers and Eagles. He's 42 years old and has always believed that Fields is a generational talent. Day's high praise of Fields helped sell both Pace and Nagy on the quarterback, and you know what the Bears did? They traded up in the first round of the draft to secure Justin Fields. So, as expected, there's a consequence for the bad stuff that you see from the Bears on the field, even though the timeline doesn't always match up with what you'd like to see. But big picture as we zoom out here, change is coming to Hallis Hall and big change at the end of the year. So now let's ask ourselves, what are the Bears trying to be? Now, it appears the Bears are trying to follow the model that we've seen from a few franchises around the NFL with mixed results, where a former player is put in charge of football operations. And there's kind of a split. It's almost similar to what the Cubs have going, where you have Crane Kenny, who's in charge of business operations with the Cubs, but then they have baseball people in charge of the baseball operations headlined by the team president. In the old days, it was Theo Epstein and now Jed Hoyer. The most successful of these models when it comes to the National Football League was Ozzie Newsom's tenure in Baltimore, where the Ravens have been a model of sustained success this millennium, featuring two Super Bowl championships. Now, the model has not been as successful with John Lynch in San Francisco, Martin Mayhew in Washington, and Mike Mayock in Las Vegas. Detroit went to this model last season with the hiring of Chris Spielman, and Green Bay has been using this model with Mark Murphy, but their ownership structure is very different from the other NFL teams. Now, I'm a big fan of hiring a football guy to handle football stuff and having a business guy handle the business stuff. Let Ted Phillips handle the business side of things because the NFL is a big business and Phillips has helped make the Bears a lot of money. And obviously, from a business standpoint, the number one priority right now at Hallis Hall is dealing with the possible new stadium in Arlington Heights. The question, though, is, is Trace Armstrong the right football guy to be in charge of the football? He obviously knows the McCaskey family well, and that dates back to his playing days. And he knows Phillips well from a business standpoint, which is important because of the clients that he represents. I ask this question, though. Do you want a man who sold the Bears organization on Matt Nagy to be the man who eventually hires the replacement for Nagy. Now, could Ryan Day work? Recently, we've seen several former college coaches make the jump to the NFL. Urban Meyer has had a brutal time in Jacksonville. And a lot of it has nothing to do with football. There were the behavior issues from those pictures from Columbus earlier in the year. And it's clear that a lot of people don't like him within the Jaguars organization because all these stories about the turmoil behind the scenes keeps getting leaked. That's not a good sign.
Matt Rule left Baylor for Carolina. And the Panthers have struggled because they don't have a quarterback. Cliff Kingsbury has thrived in Arizona, in large part because he has a quarterback in Kyler Murray. He has a system that takes that quarterback into account, all the abilities of that QB, and he's been able to maximize that quarterback's ability. And you would think that would be the case with Day and Fields here in Chicago. And that part of it is tantalizing if, this is a big if, if you believe that Fields is the real deal. And we know Day believes that, even though we've only seen brief flashes of Fields being dynamic in the NFL here in year one. We haven't seen many points from the Bears with Fields as the quarterback, and we haven't seen many wins from the Bears with Fields as the quarterback. And ultimately, that's how any quarterback that you consider to be great is judged. I think sometimes we try to make things much more complicated than they need to be. If you want to be successful in the NFL, you have to look at the successful models. What do I mean by that? Well, let's start with this millennium in particular. Look at the teams that have sustained success this millennium. New England, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Green Bay, Kansas City. What do these franchises have in common? The easy answer jumps out at you in neon lights, Vegas style, right? Quarterbacks. But primarily pocket quarterbacks, with the exception of Baltimore, and part of the criticism of Lamar Jackson, as great as he has been in the early going of his NFL career, part of the criticism of Lamar Jackson, and this is an important thing that the Ravens are going to be asking themselves this offseason, can you win the biggest games with a guy who doesn't excel in the pocket? Patrick Mahomes, for example, is an exceptional talent. And he does some unbelievably dynamic things outside of the pocket. But when he has to be in the pocket, he's also capable of making unbelievably dynamic plays. Obviously, we know about Aaron Rodgers and the pocket presence he is, and Tom Brady, the pocket presence he is, and Ben Roethlisberger, the pocket presence he has been for most of his NFL career. This year, a little different because the offensive line with the Steelers isn't what it's been for most of Roethlisberger's career with the Steelers. So obviously, when it comes to the teams that have sustained the most success this millennium, it starts with the quarterback. All those teams also play good defense. Now, they don't have to be historic defensively, but they play the kind of defense that complements what those offenses do. And all those teams have stability. Stability from the front office, to the head coach. Think about it. Bill Belichick has been in New England forever. Mike Tomlin has been in Pittsburgh forever. And when Mike, Mark, Mike McCarthy wasn't quite working out the way Green Bay would like, they went out and hired a coach who understood the kind of quarterback that you have in Green Bay and how do we take this quarterback to an even better level immediately, where you don't have to spend a lot of time adjusting to what the guy's trying to do. And then, of course, Andy Reid's been in Kansas City forever, and they've sustained success throughout his time there with different quarterbacks. To me, that's the key to success. There are different ways to get there, but ultimately, quarterback, primarily pocket quarterbacks, Good defenses, stability, 
when it comes to the hierarchy of your organization. Those ultimately are the keys to flipping around a franchise. What do you guys think? 312-644-6767. We have a lot to discuss this morning. Immediately ahead, Brad Biggs talks football with us. Zach Zabman with you until noon on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I don't know Ryan Pace, so I I think it, um, I I don't really have a strong opinion on that. I think think you really kind of focus on if you're the owner of a team, if, if you're the president of a company right now, I don't care if you're small or large, don't you have the key people report up to you? Because they're, they're the key people. And I'm not sure that the old way in the NFL where the head coach reports up to a GM who then reports up to the owner or president of an organization, I'm not sure that that works. 85 Bear, Gary Fensick talking with Parkins and Spiegel about his opinion regarding the Bears' hierarchy. A lot to discuss when it comes to the future of the Bears football hierarchy. There is a report out this morning by Jason LaConfora of CBS Sports. Quote, Trace Armstrong discussed top management position with Bears, Ohio State's Ryan Day, part of possible package. Zach Zaveman with you until noon. Bears Packers tonight. Joining us now on the Score Guest Hotline is the best on the beat, the Chicago Tribune's Brad Biggs. And he joins us on the Score Hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Good morning, Brad. Man, it's never dull when it comes to the Bears, even on a game day. No, no, it's never dull this time of year. Happy holidays uh, to everyone out there. Yeah, there's... you're catching new rumors almost uh, daily. You know, I had heard uh, of a package including Trace Armstrong and Ryan Day and a general manager uh, earlier in the week. You know, back on, what's today, Sunday? Probably heard it on Tuesday or Wednesday. And other rumors since then. I mean, it's, it's, it's nearly one a day or every other day you get the, you know, this guy for that position with the team or uh, this combination of guys to, to run the bears into the future. And it's likely to be that way uh, for uh, the next uh, four weeks, Zach. And and that's kind of the reality of the situation for a team that's uh, four and eight uh, big underdog going into tonight's game uh, at Lambeau field and struggling to get much of anything done offensively. We'll get to the game tonight in Green Bay in just a sec. But one of the things that, and this goes back even to to my days on the Bears beat that I've always said is there are always consequences for the bad things that occur with the Bears on the field. 
but those consequences might not necessarily happen on your timeline if you're a fan. It, it generally happens on the Bears' timeline, and that usually takes place at the end of the season. But I, I think what's becoming apparent is that significant changes are coming. We don't know quite how it's going to play out, but significant changes are clearly going to happen at Hallis Hall when this season ends. Is, is that a fair statement to make? Oh, absolutely. I think it's it, it's only a matter of, uh, you know, how how far does the change go? You know, how 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 deep are the moves that they make uh, inside the building? Because there, there's clearly going to be uh, some significant turnover in leadership uh, within the building. It's, it's just uh, a matter of uh, how many people and, and specifically uh, what titles are involved, in my opinion. I mean, that, that's the only thing that would change that would be you know, some type of miraculous uh, five-game finish to the season that, that would be the kind of stuff that, you know, Disney movies are made of. Okay, so I, I don't think it's uh, – I don't think that's particularly uh, realistic. And, yeah, it's, it's going to be on the team's timeline. You know, people have talked uh, for months now about the – rule change that allows NFL teams to interview potential head coaching candidates in the final two weeks of the regular season, Zach. And, and that's uh, actually allows them to request permission to interview candidates because the employing team could deny uh, that access. So those, so those two weeks that falls beginning on, you know, Monday, uh, December 27th. And, and then, uh, Monday, January 3rd. Those are those two days, so it's smack dab in the holiday season. Well, uh, can you get a head start on that process if you um, are making a change at GM and you you don't have that position filled or if you're making other moves as well? So if everything else is in place, yeah, maybe you can get a head start. Otherwise, I think the people have been clamoring for the Bears to run Nagy out of town and, and, and get going on this process uh, well, who, who's running it, and, and what are the parameters for that job search? Talking Bears with Brad Biggs here on the score. Is there a certain way that the Bears need to go from a, a, a football operations standpoint in the future? Meaning, do you need to have a, a former football player in charge of the football operations? Yeah, that's that's the popular sentiment around here, and it and it's not uh, an original idea to this year, right? We've heard about it for years now, Zach. I mean, you 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 were hearing about that way before you uh, stopped covering the team on a daily basis, and I, there's a perception out there, I believe, among some that if the bears simply create another level of management, which is would be what they would be doing in this situation, that literally all issues are solved, right? I mean, that's, that's the perception out there, I think among some, and um, boy, that couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, you've seen teams that have operated with that type of power structure with some wonderfully successful football men in charge, Bill Parcells uh, with the Miami Dolphins, Tom Coughlin with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They they were bad, right? And so adding that role doesn't solve everything. I think if if they somehow get the right general manager, if if they, and if they're going to make a change there, that, that position and role probably isn't necessary isn't required uh, to have success. They, they didn't have that position uh, when Jerry Angelo was the GM, and, and I understand they didn't win uh, a Super Bowl under Jerry, but they went to one. They went to a title game uh, another time, and, and Jerry's record was significantly uh, over 500. So I, I think it's probably a consideration for them. I've heard the rumors that uh, everyone else has heard uh, and and possibly they go down uh, that road. And if they are going to go down that road, Zach, I I think, boy, 
they be they better be in position to rock and roll with this new structure on Monday, January 10th, so that then um, the other search or searches that they're going to uh, have to, to fill a role or multiple roles can take place in a timely manner. All right. To me, when you look at the successful franchises this millennium, the ones that have sustained success from New England to Pittsburgh to Kansas City, Baltimore, Green Bay, it obviously starts with the quarterback. The question is, do the Bears have a quarterback? When we haven't seen a lot of Justin Fields this season, and when we have seen him out on the field, Brad, we've seen flashes. And I keep saying those flashes are tantalizing, but great quarterbacks give you more than just flashes. They help you score points. They help you win. That's how we judge the great quarterbacks. You don't consider Tom Brady great if he has all these completions or dynamic throws unless those completions and dynamic throws come with wins and points. What do we make of what we've seen from Justin Fields so far? Well, you're... I think you feel fortunate right now there's five games remaining in the season, okay? And he's been on the sideline for a couple weeks with the rib injury, so you want to see what he can do. In five games, uh, knock on wood, he's going to be able to stay healthy, uh, is a a decent amount of playing time. Mitch Trubisky made 12 starts as a rookie in 2017. Fields has eight starts uh, to this point. Uh, One of them, obviously, he left the game about halfway through, uh, but if you recall, in a non-start against Cincinnati, he played about half the game. So um, he's got eight. He's got eight starts thus far, and it's about eight full games of action. If you put the numbers side by side with Mitch, uh, it's pretty even. You know, both numbers by both quarterbacks are unspectacular. Trubisky's numbers are a little bit better in some areas. I've maintained since before the start of the season that the bears need to upgrade their skill position talent that they have around Justin Fields. What they do have though is light years better than what Mitch worked with in 2017 when his number one receiver was Kendall Wright. Um, They had uh, recently convicted Josh Bellamy at wide receiver and Dontrell Inman. Um, Deion Sims was the tight end for most of the season. Zach Miller got injured that year. Jordan Howard, was the top running back. So my, my point is um, that Mitch was working with, with really uh, subpar talent around him. wasn't fair to him uh, in his rookie season. So hopefully Fields can do something in the final five weeks that um, you see more consistent flashes, like you said. You see that more often, and you understand, hey, yeah, there, there's, there's definite reason to be excited going into year two, because really they're going to be in a similar position. I think when they get to January 10th, they're going to be in a coaching search. There's going to be this feeling that the new guy and his staff can come in, identify the strengths of the quarterback, figure out how to improve the talent around him, put him in a situation that accentuates his strengths and away they go. That's exactly what the bears thought and bears fans thought in January of 2018 when John Fox and Dow Loggins were fired and they brought in Matt Nagy and his staff, it was, you know, a way they're going to go uh, with Mitch Trubisky. Boy, a great history lesson there. Brad Biggs talking football with us here on The Score. All right, let's talk a little bit about Bears-Packers. And the reality is that the Bears are not considered to be a team that can even make this a game. The Bears are big underdogs at Lambeau tonight. They're a banged-up unit. They're missing some of their best players, but they get Fields back. They get Allen Robinson back. How do you size up this matchup tonight? Well, I think uh, what the Bears have to hope for here, Zach, is that the Packers coming off the bye week uh, are a little clunky offensively, that timing is perhaps a little bit of an issue with Aaron Rodgers having – sat out until Friday's practice. He worked a little bit on Friday up on Friday up there, but otherwise he's been resting that broken little toe in his left foot. So if the time off and Rogers being sideline 
perhaps has a little bit of an, uh, an effect on what they're doing offensively. Maybe they get off to a slow start. Perhaps the Bears offensively can uh, execute in the red zone, and, and maybe uh, they can get a, a lead going early, which could stifle the crowd uh, somewhat. And, and then you never know what can happen, right? If they, if they can uh, steal a possession here or two, if they can get a takeaway uh, or two. But they're going to have to have multiple things, I think, break their way to have a chance to win is such a heavy underdog. I look at maybe the Packers offense being slow starting tonight as a, as a best-case scenario for, uh, for Matt Nagy, for Justin Fields, and for the Bears. Our final few moments talking football with Brad Biggs here on The Score. How do the Aaron Rodgers comments about owning the team after the last game at Soldier Field, how do you think those comments are playing with the McCaskey family? Oh, that yeah, I mean, I think it's got to probably eat at them more than anybody else, right? I mean, you know, I think, you know, players and former players are miffed by it, but ultimately they, they seem to double back to the, uh, you know, idea that, well, you know, Rodgers isn't lying, right? You know, it's it, and if they want to if they want to do something about it, you have to go out and win. Uh, Brian Urlacher basically said as much uh, visiting on a radio show in uh, in Wisconsin earlier in the week. So, but I just I can't imagine uh, the McC- it sits well with the McCaskey family because they put um, they they hold this rivalry and the significance of it in such high regard. Right, that that for players, it's one of seventeen games or two of seventeen games in the regular season. I think for for ownership and a lot of people in the building, it takes on uh, added weight and significance uh, to them. Great stuff, Brad. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy holidays. You as well, buddy. Brad Biggs of the Chicago Tribune giving his insight to a whole slew of Bears topics, including the game tonight. By the way, Molly, Olin, Manley on the air this afternoon at 4.30 with our Bears pregame show leading up to Bears-Packers this evening. Coming up, we will talk with David Hall. We'll get his take on the huge report regarding the Bears, plus the man at the center of that report, Trace Armstrong, is talking publicly. We'll tell you what he had to say next. Zach Sageman until noon on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. I mean, he's played in a ton of big games, you know, I think in his college career and also even now in the uh, NFL. You know, um, again, I don't think that, uh, I mean, again, I mean, we've played in some big games this year, some Sunday night games, some Monday night, well, well, a Monday night game, you know, and um, and also, you know, a night game to kick the season off and stuff like that. So, again, I mean, it won't be his uh, – it's not his first night game, you know, in the league, and it's not his last, you know. So I think for him, um, how he approaches things and stuff like that, you know, um, is the right way to do it, you know. So, I, I mean, I think that for him, you know, again, he has experience with, with the bright lights. That is Bears wide receiver Allen Robinson, who will be back tonight – After recovering from that hamstring injury, he's talking about the Bears rookie quarterback, Justin Fields, who also returns tonight from the injured ribs. And yeah, it's not a a bright lights thing with Justin Fields. It's not like the moment is too big for him. Justin Fields has played in many big moments over the course of his career, especially at the college level at Ohio State. Every moment at Ohio State is a big moment. That's never been the issue with Justin Fields as a professional quarterback. What's been the issue with Fields as a pro is does he have the ability to quickly process what he's seeing, understand it, and make the play? the play that leads to the next play, that leads to the next play where you start generating uh, some offense in terms of points and ultimately points lead to wins. And that's been the issue so far with the exception of a few flash plays here and there from Justin Fields. Zach Zaveman with you until noon on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score talking a lot of Bears and Packers. We're moments away from talking some football with David Hall. But the big story today, courtesy of Jason LaConfora, of CBS, 
quote, Trace Armstrong discussed top management position with Bears, Ohio State's Ryan Day, part of possible package. And Trace Armstrong, who is a big-time agent of NFL coaches and college coaches, taking to Twitter this morning, saying, quote, I have the utmost respect for the Chicago Bears organization, the McCaskey family, and Ted Phillips. However, any assertion that I have engaged in conversations with them about joining the club in any capacity is simply not true. All right, joining us now on the score guest hotline is one of the most familiar voices on the score, David Haw. You hear him every morning here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 from 5 to 9 a.m., Guest on the Score Hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And let's start right there, David. First off, thank you for joining us. And then number two, what do you make of the La Confora report followed by Trace Armstrong's denial? Morning, Zach. Yeah, what a weekend for you. Great win uh, for DePaul in Louisville. And then you go from the ecstasy to the agony talking about the Bears and what may unfold tonight at Lambeau Field. Uh, so good for your versatility. Look, the Trace Armstrong report is not terribly surprising. This is just giving voice, a national platform perhaps, to a rumor that has been circulating around Chicago for several weeks. And I think there's an awkwardness involved because of Trace Armstrong's relationship with Matt Nagy. I think there's an awkwardness involved because of the timing aspect of it going public at this point in time. But there's also um, no surprise because Trace Armstrong is one of those guys, when you think about alternatives for the Bears and you look at what they need to do in terms of restructuring their front office, he checks a lot of the boxes. He is a former player. He understands the way front offices go together and the way the NFL payrolls are, are strategically you know, assembled and, and pieced together year by year, uh, season by season, based on your salary cap. And he's also smart and respected and he has relationships with these guys so not a huge surprise i i think though that people should get used to hearing these kinds of scenarios if they haven't already seen them because as you know with we talked to Bigsy all week and we, we will talk to him continuously on the mullion haw show this is something that you expect to unfold over the next three to four weeks it's hard to believe there are five games left but there are five games left and that's more of a threat than a promise. And I tell you, uh, tonight um, could exacerbate things and accelerate things. But this is just uh, this is just business as usual right now when you have a team in disarray. What's your dream scenario for how to fix this? <laughs> I have been on record by saying if, if you look at the front office, I would think that they restructure in a way that, that divides up the responsibilities with Ted Phillips as a president of of, uh, business operations and then you have a you know trace armstrong would be a terrific choice if you're the president of football operations i think there are a lot of names out there ozzy newsom would be a guy who i have mentioned in the past as would if you talk about a dream scenario would a 65 year old ozzy newsom want to you know try it one more time in a franchise that needs his kind of expertise so let's say hypothetically speaking it's one of those two and the president of football operations. And Zach, from a coaching standpoint, I really believe this, and I know not a lot of people necessarily buy in because of his struggles up to this season, but Jim Harbaugh, to me, represents what you're looking for in your next football coach uh, for the Chicago Bears. Uh, he has won at the NFL level. He understands the franchise from having been a Bear. He has, uh, he, he has a very stellar reputation with people who are making the decisions at Hallis Hall. And you know what? This is a guy that is, has succeeded at his alma mater. And let's say that uh, the Bears make a move on their coach, and it's January 10th, and it's the day after the season, and there's Michigan winning a national championship that night. Football symmetry would put Jim Harbaugh in Chicago at some point in the next week or so. So I think that I like that idea. The, I, I said uh, a couple weeks ago my short list would involve uh, Jim Harbaugh, Todd Bowles, Doug Peterson, some other guys have emerged, and I'm not going to say that dismisses every, every other possibility, but if you had to ask me where to start, that would be my list. Talking football with David Haw here on The Score. You can catch David with Mully every morning on The Score from 5 to 9 a.m. By the way, Mully on tonight, 4.30 
the pregame show leading up to Bears-Packers, which you can hear on our sister station, WBBM. You know Molly and Olin and Manley are going to have a lot to say about not just the game, the fact that the Bears are heavy underdogs, the fact that Justin Fields is returning as quarterback from the injured ribs, and the fact that there's this huge report out from CBS Sports saying Trace Armstrong discussed top management position with Bears. And then the second part of that, which we haven't really discussed, David, I want to get your take on this. You just mentioned a whole bunch of potential new head coaches for the Bears. How about this one? Ohio State's Ryan Day, part of possible package, according to Jason Laconfora. Is that realistic? Well, I think that because of Ryan Day's past, and he has some time on NFL staffs, and because he has succeeded at Ohio State, that that's naturally going to be um, a name that is associated with not only the Bears' vacancy, but uh, others that may come open, especially with the new rules changes, with teams being able to interview coaches two weeks before the season is over. And, you know, you, you look around the league and you see Matt Rule uh, down in Carolina. You see Urban Meyer coming back, which maybe a bad example this weekend to cite. But that's Ryan Day's former boss. That's why he's got the job that he has. So, Zach, again, you, you know how the game is played and you know how this works. Uh, you don't know if his name is popping up as a leverage ploy uh, from his agent, which, you know, it would be genius. Uh, or, or you don't know if there's real genuine interest and mutual interest uh, with whatever team, you know, is, is bound to have an opening. That said, I think this is worthy of debate, you know, ongoing one. On the, on the Mullen Haw show and, and in Chicago, all over living rooms and bar rooms. Is the Ohio State head coaching job at this point in time better than the Chicago Bears head coaching job? If you were Ryan Day and you had to sit back and you had the choice, let's say hypothetically say that he did, I'm not convinced, Zach, that making $10 million a year as the king of your football uh, fiefdom uh, in, in, uh, in Columbus, Ohio, isn't what you would aspire to more than taking over a franchise that has historically struggled and working in a league that you don't know if you can have success in or not because you, are, you, you, know, you're, you haven't been an NFL head coach before. So I don't know. I, I think that's an interesting name, an interesting consideration. The difference, I think, between him and Jim Harbaugh, if you want to look at the Ohio State-Michigan comparison, is that Jim Harbaugh has succeeded as an NFL head coach and has taken a team to the Super Bowl. So Ryan Day certainly would be an inspired choice, I think. I'm not going to criticize it before it happens, and I don't think I would criticize it if it happened. But I do think there are a lot of other factors that you have to consider, both in terms of leverage, in terms of fit, and in terms of past success. All right, so let's consider some of those factors, because I knew you were going to say that, and you always force me to go to levels two, three, and four on a story. So let's do just that. I think there will be the comparisons made to Urban Meyer, the predecessor today at Ohio State, and it's been a disaster in year one for Meyer in Jacksonville, not just on the field, but off the field as well because of his behavior earlier in the season out in Columbus, Ohio, and then the issues that he's had behind the scenes. Clearly, people don't like him in the Jacksonville organization. That's why stuff's being leaked out on a daily basis about uh, the disagreements that that staff has had. When it comes to Day, though, we know that one of the reasons Justin Fields was so highly thought of by the Bears is that Ryan Day went out of his way to pound his fist on the table and tell both Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, this guy is a generational talent. So we know Day thinks very highly of Fields' ability. I ask you this question. We haven't seen anything close to that kind of ability on a regular basis in Fields' rookie season. We've seen flashes, and to me, flashes don't mean a guy is going to be a great player. It means that, that he has certain abilities that could help you be great, but we haven't seen him be great mm -hmm. this season. If Ryan Day feels that strongly about Justin Fields, would it be a similar situation to what happened in Arizona, where there weren't a lot of people sold on Kyler Murray being the kind of quarterback he's become in the league so far. But they hired a coach who believed in his ability and had an offense that fit the quarterback's skill set in order to enhance everything he's got. Zach, that's a great question. And, and you put it in the right terms. But, but, but I, will, I, I would uh, 
say that Kyler Murray's success in Arizona has more to do with Kyler Murray than it does with Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. I think that there's a coincidental um, nature to that, and there's an understandable symmetry there that you have to respect and acknowledge, And but I don't know that I want to overstate it. I think Kyler Murray is is somebody who has succeeded at the NFL level because of he's a special athlete and a special player and has all these skills that are obvious, regardless of who his coach would be. Now, maybe having Kingsbury has helped that, but I, I just philosophically, I am not going to go out if I'm uh, George McCaskey or Ted Phillips and hire a head coach because of the presence of a quarterback whose potential we are still uncertain about. And, and, and I think I have been consistent with saying Justin Fields is a special talent. I think he is going to be your franchise quarterback. But as Bigsy wrote this morning in the Tribune, and you can watch it unfold in front of you, that has not been obvious each and every Sunday. He has had a breakthrough moment. He has had a breakout moment. But if you tell me right now that you're convinced he's going to be the answer to the elusive question that's gone on for gen- we've been asking for generations in Chicago, I think you're fooling yourself, and I think you're ahead of yourself. So you don't hire a head coach because of the presence of a, of a first-round draft pick. To me, that would be potentially compounding one misread with another. If you want to hire Ryan Day, it's because he's 33-4 and four at Ohio State. He's a tremendous leader, and he, you think he's going to change your franchise every time and change the, the temperature in the building when he walks in and change the tone and culture. You've got to have that more than you've got to have just because he pounded his fist for, Ryan, for uh, Justin Fields to be drafted. I don't think that's enough. I think that would be like akin to a recruit choosing a college or a program based on one guy. You do it because of the university or the college or the access it provides you to your professional league. You don't do it because of one guy because that coach may be gone. And if Ryan Day is hired because of Justin Fields' presence, Justin Fields might not be great. So then you're stuck with a guy that you know you brought here for the quarterback. So I think I would separate those two discussions. I don't think I would align them necessarily. I understand why people do, but it wouldn't be me. One of the things that I've kept saying, and it's not a popular opinion because it sounds like you're knocking Justin Fields, and I'm not doing that. I'm just saying if you look at any of the quarterbacks that you consider to be top 10 in the NFL today, I don't care how you have them ranked, but the guys that you consider to be top 10 quarterbacks in today's NFL, all of them, nearly all of them, had immediate success when they took the field. Now, for some guys, it took them three years to to take the field, as was the case with Aaron Rodgers. Other guys hit the field immediately, like Russell Wilson. Some guys took Mm -hmm. a year, like Tom Brady. Some guys got in there because of injury. Other guys got in there because they just flat out earned it, and uh, the guy in front of them wasn't good enough. But they almost always showed you something immediately, with the exception, maybe, of the guy in Buffalo, Josh Allen, who took a a year to really ascend, but that's rare. I bring that up, David, because when it comes to Justin Fields, we haven't seen that. You just mentioned there have been some some flashes here or there, but you haven't seen consistently, and not consistently enough where it results in wins and points. Does that concern you? Of course it does. Josh Allen's a great example, though. That will be the, pe- the, the guy people point to postseason if Justin Fields struggles down the stretch here, coming back from broken ribs beginning tonight at Lambeau. Zach, I think the, the, the one thing that some, some people want to use and will use as a crutch postseason is that Justin Fields had the Matt Nagy factor complicating his rookie season. And you, when you have a coach that, for whatever reason, is unwilling or unable to, to tailor his scheme and his game, his game planning, and play calling around your talent and skill set or just relaxes the restrictions on a quarterback who needs to have free reign, then that is almost like a built-in crutch. I don't like it necessarily, but it's similar to the Mitch Trubisky, Dow Loggins, John Fox argument. When when they were gone, Mitch flourished uh, in his second year. I don't like the comparison to Mitch Trubisky. I think Justin Fields is going to be better, but it's there for the for the taking if you want that excuse. But I do have the same concerns you express. I think until he answers those questions fully, it's, it's a worthwhile conversation. Last one, and we'll be listening tomorrow morning. But when you last talked about Bears-Packers on the air on Friday morning, you didn't know that Akeem Hicks was not going to play. So what's your take on what could happen tonight at Lambeau? Well, I think instead of Aaron Rodgers controlling the football game, Aaron Jones could. And it, maybe because Aaron Rodgers won't need to. The running game for the Packers is powerful and dangerous. Or just A.J. Dillon, they, they have a lot of different options. And without Akeem Hicks there, 
you know, it, it's going to be easier to run the football. That said, can you miss what you haven't had? And Akeem Hicks has been gone for a long time. When you look at, I think this is the, in the last uh, 42 games, he's only played in 27 of them. And in its very limited uh, impact that he has had, much respect for what he's done as a Chicago Bear, but his availability has become an issue moving forward. And I think that's why it's unfortunate, but the, his days are numbered as a, as a Bear. Man, I could talk football with you all day long, but alas, we cannot do that. Rest up, watch the game tonight, and we will be listening tomorrow morning when you rejoin Mully on the Mully and Haw Show here on The Score. David Haw, thank you so much. Great talking to you, Zach. Have a great show. David Haw spending some time with us. Let's take a break. When we come back, one of the biggest stories in college basketball joins us next. Zach Sademan with you until noon on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t